All right, it's Wednesday night, and you know what that means. We are coming to you live. We're actually not live. They're going to have this recorded, but we're live right now. Yeah. We're live from the basement. I turned the lights on. Everything looks good. A lot of cobwebs, you know, maybe some uh, Some posters on the – Yeah, some of those old trophies. Anyways, um, we've had a – very, very, very eventful week of football since the last time we spoke. Uh, as always, I am Critty Smith, one half of the show, and joining me is my co-host, Nick. Nick, how are you doing? Doing good, man. Ready to ready to check out these results. All right. Well, let's let's hop right into. It. By the way, um, so. The weather's a little bit nicer this week. Just to point that out, I know we were talking last week. Uh, but whatever this thing is, this plague, I'm still fighting it. I don't know about you, but I, Man, um, I'm still pumping Afrin and clearing out the uh, the old nasal passages. Yeah, man, that uh, that that Charleston pollen it gets me, gets me every time. <laughs> got you too, I man. Yeah, no, it's got me hard right now. It's I mean, I've had a, it's had a death grip on me ever since I got back from Cali, the West Coast. So <laughs> I mean, geez. Yeah, uh, it's making those uh, workouts at the gym pretty challenging. So, oh, big time. Ah, yeah, but um, it seems like the uh, chest is a little bit better in terms of like getting that stuff done. So, um, but man, the head is just—I'm still in a fog. Nuts. But anyways, enough about weather and about head head scratching and clogs and all this stuff. Let's uh, let's let's jump right into this uh, weekend. The weekend that was a lot uh, remained unchanged. We had a lot of big teams that kept kept up with the pace at the t- in the table. Uh, England, if you look around, one through four, I believe, uh, one through five, I think, are still the same. Yeah. Uh, Liverpool with the win, they are closer to City, and or sorry, actually, City jumped ahead of them. I believe it was no, 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 no. I'm sorry. City was at uh, eighteen. They won. They're at twenty one. Yeah. Arsenal drew with Chelsea. They dropped back. Yeah. So it's City 21, Arsenal 21, Liverpool 20, and Spurs still undefeated uh, with an asterisk next to that undefeated uh, mark, uh, 23 points. Yeah. And, um, yeah, the only, you know, the, the only match that I would um, find interesting to talk about, I watched a couple of them in their entirety. I watched, uh, obviously, Liverpool and Everton, Merseyside Derby. Just to touch on that, um, Liverpool won two 0 but honestly, the, again, like I told you, the coffee fixture is dangerous for them. I don't know what it is about playing at noon in the UK for them, but they they just that, that's when like the Middlesbroughs of the world would beat them or yeah. the the Crystal Palaces, and you know, Everton is really bad. They're a really yeah. really bad football club, and um, that Ashley well, Young, I right? Say, I should say they're not. I should say they're not a bad club. They're a bad team. Um, yes. But they, you know, I would say kudos to Luis Diaz for finding Keane with his arm as wide out as a hitchhiker in San Francisco in 1968. Pegs the ball right on his hand. Clear penalty. Salah puts that bad boy in the back of the net. And, um, yeah, then Pickford gets beat in a beautiful uh, Salah brace with uh, Diaz. Gorgeous assist on the breakaway. Um, But Liverpool, you know... Nothing impressive. I, you know, I, I, I'm not going to say like, I'm not going to say like, this is some King victory. They, they were, you know, um, 
they were average at best. What were your thoughts? Yeah, I mean that uh, Ashley Young getting that second yellow that was that was uh, that definitely helped the cause. But yeah, I mean I agree. I watched the extended highlights and really didn't see much action until that penalty and then the uh, the nice brace by Salah. I mean, not not really much to be said, man. I agree with you there. It was just like your your normal day in the office for Liverpool. I mean, Everton just there, I really feel like they're going to be fighting to stay up this season, man. I mean, they're going to be the bottom half, not bottom half, the bottom last quarter, probably the whole season, man. I mean, them, Burnley, Luton, Bournemouth, Sheffield, Nottingham, those teams, they're going to be, they're going to be fighting to stay up. And sadly, Everton being as big as they are, they're, uh, they're looking at staying down there, man. I just don't see how they're going to, gonna start beating anybody you know well the, the the thing i would say about this year is the bottom three are really bad the yes. bottom three are really bad and that doesn't include everton they're like you know they're 17th or 16th but they're not 18 19 20 and the bottom yeah. three like luton and yeah, sheffield luton. they are really bad no so terrible. everton might catch a break this year bad as they are because they may not yeah, yeah, they may not finish any worse than seventeenth, and that'll get you that'll get you a ticket to next year's dance. You know, absolutely, yeah. Luton, Burnley, Bournemouth, and Sheffield, and you actually got Luton out of the relegation zone as of today with five points, which is we we would have laughed at you in your face if you told us that a month ago. So good for them, man. Yeah, they uh, the comfort behind against uh, Forest uh, is uh, not Forest Gump, but uh, Nottingham Forest. Yeah, they uh, <laughs> that's uh, that, that that's I mean you know um, that's just ridiculous that Nottingham Forest let them it's Luton. I mean I, I'm sorry, yeah. I I just it's Luton. They're like the um, they remind me of they're, they're like you know the. Old school, like 2017, 18, like Frozenone and like City yeah. like you know they're like they're just up for the for the tea party and then they're going right back down. Yeah, and um, God, I you know, I, 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 you know, I, I want to say this. I, I, I hope for Frozenone. I hope they stay up, but I know that's not anything to do with England. But Lord, please let them stay up this season. Okay. Yeah, you're asking. You're England. asking for a lot there. Yeah. Oh, I know. Um, but the other, the other big match, obviously, we had uh, the 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 big London derby, which was uh, Chelsea Arsenal, and it was at two nil. And you told me game over, and I said Arsenal will draw. I said Arsenal's going to draw, and you're like, no, it's game over. And what happened? Arsenal drew. Yeah. No. They, I, they got no. the point. Chelsea. Chelsea is a complete. Like I don't know, man. They're 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 they get in their own way this this season as bad as anybody. And I yeah. can't say like this time, Casado's starting in the midfield, right? Like he's, yeah. they were like, Oh, he's going to be the anchor. This is the guy, right? They get up two nil Raheem Sterling's playing great football. You even said like that Arsenal, that, that Arsenal performance in the first half was absolutely atrocious. Yeah, it was. Yeah. So what were your the- thoughts? What were your thoughts of that match? Like, what did you, what did you see uh, from, from, from that? Cause it was a tale of two halves, right? Yeah, big time. If you watched the first half, you would have thought the game ended four or five nil. Um, I watched the whole match, man. I watched the whole match and I had a, I was going back and forth for, it's funny for the first half and into about the 60th minute, I watched a, uh, Arsenal live stream guy just to laugh at him. And then when it Arsenal started coming back, I switched to a Chelsea guy and boy, let me tell you just sadness all around. I mean, the first half, 
Chelsea was prime Barca, you know, this playing well, Sterling looking good. Um, the Ukrainian uh, national national team uh, starter had an amazing goal. It was almost like a chip from the side of the of the penalty box. I mean, it's just an, a beautiful goal going up to nothing. I I thought it was over, man, and you called it. You absolutely said they'll they'll draw, and and you know you were, um, gosh, man, you were right. Uh, I don't like being wrong, but you were right, man. It was 2-2 at the end, and and really, to be honest with you, Arsenal had a chance at the end there to even close the game out and win. But I I haven't given up on Chelsea. I mean, they're top 10 right now, I think, uh, 8th, maybe ninth. you you got to just give them time. I mean, you can't just purchase all these players and expect it to work immediately. you got to give them a little bit of time. If they can get up into the 5th, 6th, 7th, and make some type of European competition and keep on going with uh, with Poch, I, I think they'll be okay. I, I mean, this match itself isn't, you know, the full full show of what Chelsea is and what Chelsea can do, but they can't let Arsenal come back when they're down 2-0. When, when Odegaard was nowhere to be found, Rice was lost. I mean, this they just looked so bad that first half. To be honest, Sanchez gave Arsenal that game when he gave up that goal, and then they just fell apart. Yeah. Well, I know that you especially hate being wrong about Arsenal, so it's not really yeah. you. Be, Absolutely. It, it, you, yeah, it's, it's you. You hate being wrong about Arsenal, but yeah. um. So yeah, we're we're looking on we're looking on to this weekend, uh, and we'll talk a little bit more. We'll just do some Champions League recap here shortly. Arsenal also won that match today, much needed win. They're in. The easiest group you can possibly get uh, took care of uh, Sevilla, 2-1. Yeah. Martinelli, another goal. And, uh, yeah, so – but that's that's done with England. France, again, uh, looking at them real quick. We, you know, take a look over there. PSG, easy 3-0 win over Strasbourg. Nothing really – I mean, that's expected. Uh, Monaco, winners, uh, and they keep a hold uh, of first place. We're going to do a focus on them. Uh, tonight as we uh, talk about a little bit more about Monaco, who last won the league when Kylian Mbappe was playing for them. Yeah. That was 2016-17. And, yeah, so we have to – we would have to definitely talk about, you know, their their outstanding start to the season so far, undefeated in France. And, um, yeah, anything you want to look at with the uh, league on real quick? I mean, again – a lot of business as usual. I will say the match that I said last week uh, between two absolute bottom dwellers was yep, this extremely was important. And, yep. and this is the one. And 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 with a match in hand, Claremont Foot now is uh, – they have played eight. Uh, Lyon's played nine. Lyon finds themselves as French uh, uh, dominators for much of the 21st century. They yep. have been – they were the PSG before PSG was PSG. They were Champions League every single year. They under was it twenty sixteen seventeen? They beat Pep's Manchester City in the Champions League, I believe it yeah. was. Yes, they, they did. I mean, yeah. they, I mean, that's uh, Alexander Lacazette. That was, I think, that was him. Him playing for them, right? I think. At yeah, that time, he was I still. Think he was, yeah, I think he was still there, and then he went was to sold, Arsenal, right? Yeah, sold the next year. Yeah. So, so this Leon is is French royalty, and they are squarely looking the second division right in the face. Yeah, and they, it's not close right now. They have three points. They have no wins. They have three draws, and Claremont Foot has uh, a win now over Leon in head to head, and they have a game in hand. So it's it's looking 
the top of the table mostly stayed the same, but the bottom looks really bad in an interesting way, but not in an interesting way for Leon. What are your thoughts? Yeah, no, I agree with you, man. I That was the one game I was going to bring up because I actually was going back and forth from that game to the Chelsea match. And boy, let me tell you, they were down 2 nothing, and Leon scored a goal late to try to try to fight back, but they just don't. They don't have it, man. There, there's, there's something really wrong. And uh, to see them go to the second tier would be absolutely mind blowing. I mean, I put that with seeing Cruzario or Gremio going down to the second tier in Brazil. And if anyone follows Brazil, they know those are two of the biggest clubs. Seeing Leon go down would be crazy. I mean, I, I Leon going down would be like Inter going down or yeah, Dortmund Rick going Madrid. down to the second Bundesliga. Maybe uh, I mean if you if you're comparing it like Lyon has been the France number one and probably number two or three at worst. So let's say Chelsea or uh, Spurs or yeah. United get relegated. That would be the that would be the equivalent in terms yeah. of like Lyon is Lyon is absolute French royalty. They were royalty. perennial Champions League. Uh, uh, they were a perennial Champions League com- uh, participant. Yeah, m- almost always to be found in the knockout stage, and now. They are fighting for their very survival. And it's just, it, it, you know, some people would say it's interesting, but like, it's it's also like from someone who grew up watching German football, because that's where I lived, and watching teams like Schalke in the second tier now, Nuremberg's been there forever. That's the team that, that's the club that I grew up supporting in Germany to see Hamburg down there. See, like, to me, you know, there's something about like, yeah, there's a feel good story. Darmstadt gets in, Ingolstadt gets in, you know, Union Berlin's come in. They've, they're, they're a mainstay now. Hertha's down in the second tier. But like, you like there there's like you want your your Green Bay Packers and your Chicago Bears in the top tier. Like the his like the the, yeah. the, the founding fathers, so to speak. Nuremberg, eighteen sixty Munichs in the third tier. They they're a former Bundesliga power. Schalke, you know, um who else is down there? Kaiser Slaughtern, uh three time yeah. German champions down there. Uh we're gonna talk another deep dive. Stuttgart, second place in Germany right now. Un, uh uh no draws, one loss, seven wins, ahead of Bayern. But they've been relegated twice in the last uh, seven years, off the top of my head. Um, yeah. So I mean, it's just it's it, it you know I don't want to see Leon suffer that same fate, so to speak. I would just I, it would be really um, I think it'd be bad for French football to see that. It, that'd be like yeah. if if, if Milan goes down or something like that. It'd be terrible. No, absolutely, man. I mean, this could really really keep them down too, man. I mean, you're talking about losing funds that. A team like Lyon needs. I mean, they don't have they don't have the backers like City and and all these power groups. So seeing them go down, they're going to lose a big chunk of change. And and yeah, France France's second tier isn't as 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 powerful, we'll say, as Spain's or Germany's or England's. But it's still hard to get up. I mean, I've seen I've seen Bordeaux go down now for the last two. They went down two three seasons ago, and they can't get back up. I mean, they. Last season they were a game away and they had an idiot run on the field and and the they had to call the game for them that blew their chance of relegation so you got stuff like that that could happen to Lyon and they could be stuck for you know years man so I'm with you man it, it would be bad I don't want to see the club it. that Zinedine Zidane came from originally I mean it's just yeah, I'm like, telling yeah. you and they're stuck in that second tier now like Hamburg is in Germany. It, it at, like Espanol has been doing in Spain. I mean, these these teams can't they go down. 
and can't go back we're, up. We're going to have some guests on in a few weeks to talk about, I mean, because Schalke is, as I, as I've told you, I, I, I wrote an article as recently as five years ago, they were on the top, well, they were on the Forbes top 25 richest clubs in football list. And to see that they're, they're, they're looking at the third tier right now. Like they're just yeah, getting no, handled. Absolutely. Carlsruhe just beat the snot out of them. And, you know, I, I know a lot, of, you know, a lot of listeners don't, won't follow second tier German football, but it's actually a really competitive league, but it's also, it's a league of giants because there's so many former German champions. There's more Bundesliga championships in the second tier now than there are in the first. If yeah. you combine that or, or uh, German championships, I say German, yeah. but because the Bundesliga hasn't been around as long as German football, obviously, but um, it, it's just, it's insane. Like if you, if you total all of their, their championships up, you know, because I think Nuremberg's at eight or nine, Schalke is at eight or nine, Hamburg's won it a number of times. So I mean, yeah. it's just it, it's it's Kaiser Slaughter's got three, as I just said. It's oh, it's, crazy. it's amazing, you know how many how many uh, um, just you know like big clubs down there. But anyways, moving on, uh, Italy, the big one, of course, uh, second probably. Third biggest rivalry in Italy. The the biggest is uh, obviously Juve and Inter. The second biggest is the Derby della Madonnina, which is Inter and Milan, Milan. which which yeah. Inter destroyed them for their one of their two losses. Well, now Milan officially has their second loss, and it's the third largest derby in Italy, which is Milan and Juve. And yes. in the early two thousands, that was the matchup because Inter was kind of like your they were solely in third place, like under Cristiano Vieri and. Stuff like that. At that time, uh, they were still trying to play catch up. But Milan, with like Edgar, uh, they had you know like uh, well, or Juve, they like players. You had like Edgar Davids, and you had um, Trezeguet, and you had uh, Paolo Maldini, and it was just you know it was like those Juve teams um, and Milan teams, especially under Carlo Ancelotti, who's the manager at the time. Milan, those that was like football royalty. I mean, they were winning Champions Leagues. In Milan, Juve was, you know, with Buffon, they had the world's greatest keeper. And, oh, yeah. I mean, it was, you know, like I said, it was a, it was a who's who uh, football. You know, uh, Pirlo was, you know, you had him out there. So, 1-0 to Juve. Big, yeah, big win card. for them. Puts them uh, solely in third place. So, the table right now, those three Italian royalty clubs are in one, two, and three. Enters in first, Milan's in second. And Juve's in third. So I would say it's the Serie A table of my childhood. Um, your thoughts, Enter, uh, obviously, I'm not going to go into them. They got the they got the uh, the win that we talked about that they would get. And, of course, uh, I think I said Roma would beat Monza. I think maybe you called it a draw, but that was another big one. Uh, 90th minute, El Shirari. Where's he? He's on the milk carton. He's been on the milk carton for yeah. a while. Yeah. This, guy, this guy was on the cover of FIFA. At yeah. one point, like he's, 2014 or so, this guy. Just, yeah, he's, he's back. He's back on the national team too, man. They brought him he's back. The player that won't die. He won't go away. Yeah. But your thought? What were your thoughts on uh, Milan and Juve? Uh, it was. Uh, it, it was a good match. I mean, it was entertaining. I mean, of course, we didn't see a ton of goals uh, ending one nothing. But Locatelli, uh, he uh, he came back to haunt his former club, man. One nothing. The win at uh, San Siro. And uh, it ended uh, the manager's uh, six-game run of winning um, uh, at home. So it was a shock. It was a pretty big win, I, I mean, we'll say. I, in in, uh, in retrospect here, you got um, 
a red card uh, given to Milan, and then Juve just took advantage of it. I mean, they just couldn't they couldn't stop him from scoring that goal, man. It was a uh, it was a it was definitely a more entertaining game than I thought it would be. Um, I did want to see more uh, goals, but yeah, man, it, it was uh, it was like show. His goal was a was a pretty goal. We got to see um, Kostic and Keen come on uh, to try to put on a second, but one nothing, man. I mean, Juve uh, is dealing with. Uh, I think we talked about it quickly. Their their youngster, the the Foggia guy, got got in trouble with three million euros worth of debt gambling, and had to be excused from the team. So they're dealing with a a um, media storm let's say crap show over there and uh, to pull out the win at, at San Siro is big. Um, I know we quickly talked about that guy gambling, but yeah, man, they're, they're youngster getting caught up with the Italian mob and the team is still pulling out W's at San Siro, man, ending a six game win streak. I like it. I think that's absolutely hilarious personally. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the whole gambling thing is yeah, yeah, okay. dude, yeah three million euros like who how who does this like how do you get that far in debt well i mean i guess it's it, it can be done i mean of course it can be done yeah but, it just depends but, on how much you're, how much you're putting on the table yeah yeah because i mean if he's wagering you know a hundred thousand or something a match or something then yeah you can lose that quickly but I mean, come on, dude. You're what twenty, twenty two coming up. You got to play at Juve. You got to, you got to keep it together, man. You can't get your knees broken by the Italian mafia, man. So no. I figured this, that was something our listeners might might want to take a look at, man. That was a pretty interesting story there. Uh, yeah, definitely off the pitch related stuff, but um, worth a read and worth a catch. Yeah, for sure, because that that exposed yeah. a lot. Um, yeah. For sure, interesting, uh, interesting soap opera there in in uh, in, in Turin. But yeah. um, moving on to Germany. Even, so sorry. Yeah, no, I, I was gonna say. I mean, they they jumped Napoli. I mean, or they're sitting at third. I mean, to be and and we don't really talk about Syria a lot, but first, second, and third only only differed by two points, man. So we actually are keeping a decent, close, tight race there, which is which is something we like to see. Yeah, it's really, it's looking really nice there right now. It's a very competitive league. It's been competitive there for the last uh, four seasons or so, ever since Inter yeah. uh, ended Juve's reign. You've had Absolutely. three different champions in the last three years. You've had Inter, Milan, and uh, Napoli win it. So yeah, uh, really God. really fun really fun times in uh, Serie A. It's just a shame that it's such a piss poor run league in terms of like financials and yeah. sponsorships and what used to be the crown jewel of Europe is. Uh, we talked about this uh, a week or two ago. You know, it's um, it's argue. It's you can argue whether they're between three and five. They're somewhere between the third yeah. and fifth best league. And absolutely, you know, um, yeah. So we'll we'll see. Right now, um, like Champions League, Dortmund's at least in second place, and Milan's in dead last. Yeah. Uh, you know, so so it's just you know, uh, Inter's kind of the crown jewel right now. They're they're um, you know, Napoli's making a little bit of noise, but Inter, uh, seven points. They share top of the group co co-honors with Sociedad. We'll get to that in a little bit, but yeah, yeah. other than that, you know, Italy's, you know, Serie A's, I, I feel like, you know, it's, it's, it's great what you're seeing in terms of the competition, but it's just a shell of its former self in terms of like the glory, yeah. the prestige, the honor yeah. and, you know, the, the, the superstar level of play. <clears throat> it's just not the same as it used to be. Um, no, absolutely. 
Going to Germany real quick. Um, yeah, business as usual there. Bayern 3-1 over Mainz. Uh, Leverkusen yeah. still undefeated, still whooping that ass. Uh, 2-1 over Wolfsburg. Big match. You know, you and I said that. I think I called it 2-1. or I, I think that's. I think I did predict that scoreline. Um, you and I both predicted a Leverkusen win. Yeah. Uh, it was close, though. I told you it would be close. Wolfsburg's uh, better this year. They're a much improved team this year than they were last year. Yeah. And... The other one, of course, uh, that we wanted to talk about, that we that we talked about was uh, Stuttgart. Stuttgart gets a um, big, big win over the weekend. Still in second place above Bayern. We'll we'll talk about them here extensively in a minute. But um, any thoughts on the Bundesliga before we move on? Yeah, man. No, I was looking at this table and looking at the matches, and I couldn't find one that stuck out that we could even maybe throw some extra content on, man. I mean, it was just exactly what you expected. I mean, if we if we listen to our predictions, we probably all got them right. I mean, this is ha- – everything happened that was supposed to. I mean, besides the BVB result, the 0-1 to one, uh, to Werder Berman, I, I, I was a little surprised by that, just getting the one goal. I mean, they were fortunate to escape with a three with three points there. Julian Brandt saved them there but besides that man it was everything was 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 as it as it should be i mean if, if you want to call leverkusen and stuttgart being above munich as it should be then yes everything went as it should be yeah um nothing out of the order really in in yeah. germany and and so i mean this was in terms of club football like i said it it was business as usual for most of the leagues it, there's nothing really that this stands out to me. The tables are pretty much the same as they were uh, before last weekend after the international break. And yeah, uh, yeah we're going to have to look for some matches this week. But hey, some of our some of our focus right now. Before we get there, we'll we'll do a quick Champions League recap. Um, I know you were pissed today at Dortmund. Uh, tell tell us why. Uh, they scored against Newcastle and man, Newcastle just could not respond. I, I asked you, man, I, I texted you. I said, dude, who should I be mad at here? Should I be mad at BVB for scoring and then holding Newcastle or should I be mad at Newcastle? I just, I wasn't sure who to be upset with and, and I chose BVB. I guess it's just the easier choice to get mad at, man. I mean, Dortmund is just very easy to hate. I mean, you, you can... You can kind of agree with me on oh, that one. Oh boy, um, yeah, because they will they'll, they'll disappoint you every time. Yeah, absolutely. I we'll, mean, we'll Dortmund, you Dortmund today, will disappoint you every yeah. single time you you put any belief in them. They they will absolutely positively let you down. And, yeah, and when then, you pick them to lose, that's they'll when win. They, and they'll, they'll win, right? So I mean, it's yeah. it's, it's it, you lose either way. But like, look at these results. You know, Super Mario Icardi. Gets the goal for Gala against Bayern, but Bayern, you know, have you know Prince William's favorite player, and you know, Mister yep. Mister uh, Mister Kane, Harry Crossé, um, Musiala adds one on top for the cherry on top to, for good measure at the end. They win. Yep. Bayern Inter get two two one over Salzburg. Napoli has ended Union Berlin's Champions League season. They really need to focus on the league now. They're going to be, you know, holding on for dear life if they don't get something together in in the actual league. Yeah, Arsenal, we didn't even. Wanna, huh, 
we didn't even we didn't even touch that. I mean, Union Berlin, you're you're staring down the barrel of a gun, man. I mean, this is this is do or die right now. I mean, you're out Champions League. You have zero points. But let's be real. But goodness, you're looking terrible in the league. Also, sitting at fifteenth with only six points. I mean, dude, come on. I mean, you fought to get up. And now you just, what, throw in the towel? Or are you giving up league and champions? I mean, dude, to see them go back down would be would be so painful, man. I saw them climb up. I mean, this is this is this is gonna hurt. They're 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 in trouble. Yeah, it was a steady climb too. It took you know, it took uh uh yeah. better part of a decade for this to happen. Oh my gosh. Um, so I agree with you. It'd be terrible to see it happen. That go from Champions League to relegation would just would 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 destroy the entire work of of so many players and so many um, managers who've contributed to to what I think is a great project, kind of a yeah. grassroots thing. And uh, yeah, I, I I wish them the best for survival. I mean, Champions League, like I said, I, I last week I said thanks for coming, thanks for playing. It's been yeah. nice. You're going to get some money from that, but you need and to focus it. on the fact that you're going to finish dead last. So you're out of Europe. You know you need to you need to focus on your survival in the league. Just get just you know make sure that you're somewhere between you know fifteenth and whatever. Anything you can get yeah. above that. That that's that's what you, your survival for next year is, is is at stake here. But um, this first two wins for them in the season was all they have. They've lost every single match after those first two wins at yeah. the beginning. And they had six points out of six. They yeah. That, that's what's so that's what's so shocking about it. They started I mean, off dude, super hot. Yeah, nothing but losses. So yeah, well, this is going to be something we keep keep these keep our eyes on, man. Because if they don't get it together, they're going to be sitting with Hamburg. Yeah. So uh, um, some other stuff, you know, a little bit of a surprise: Celtic and and Atleti drew two two. Yeah, uh, today red card yeah. for Madrid, but uh, City three one over Young Boys. PSG three 0 over Milan. Milan's done; they're finished. You can stick a fork in them. Um, yeah. So that's going to make them more dangerous in the league now that their European uh, conquest is over. Porto, 4-1 over Antwerp. Leipzig gets the uh, win over Red Star, 3-1. Lazio loses to Feyenoord, 3-1. And uh, Barca takes care of Shakhtar Donetsk, 2-1. And Dortmund, as you said before, 1-0 to Newcastle. They win Real Sociedad, 1-0 over Benfica. Madrid also beat Braga yesterday. And uh, let's see, PSV Lens drew. Yeah, and that pretty yeah. much takes care of it. Again, uh, not a lot of surprises. I mean, this is, uh, you know, we're not, we, we, we talk about like these groups, you know, like they're, you know, it's 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 pot A through, you know, A through D or one through four, or however you look at it. And yeah. the top two are usually decided pretty much from match day one. Unless there's there's always one or two groups of death, and yeah. um, that's the one that's the interesting one right now. We find ourselves with Dortmund, Newcastle, yeah. Madrid, PSG, right? But I mean, sorry, Milan and Milan's yeah. looking like they're coming out the worst side of this, and which is kind yeah. of surprising. Yeah, no, um, absolutely. We but both I told had you, them. yeah, I, had them I told you, I told you, do not be surprised. Do not be surprised if Dortmund lose every single one of the return fixtures. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, they'll man. do it. To you. They'll do it. Yeah, sitting sitting at, at uh, 
four points, PSG at six. I mean, yeah, they they end up losing one or two more of these next ones, and it's it's going to be hard for them to jump Newcastle. So, yeah, man. Want to focus the attention right now on a team that could be, could be, and I'm saying this could with 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 a huge emphasis on the word could. But right now, with a plus seventeen goal differential in Germany, sitting in second place, one point off of the lead, they're ahead of Bayern. Is a team that last year literally they went down to the relegation playoff to even be in the top tier this year. Yeah, I mean, yeah. this is this is this is um, this is by far to me the most. I said this. I said this last week. Leverkusen being in first at this point. I, no, I I think at this point now Stuttgart keeps winning. That Falfi Stuttgart being in second place this late in the season, and I say late, it's still early. But I mean, they should already they should be right down there in fourteenth place. Fighting for survival, figuring out, you know, are we going to be, oh, like, should we budget come Christmas? So if we're in 14, should we yeah. budget for the second tier or budget yeah. for the first? Who are we going to sell? They sold their captain to Liverpool and they have this, this scoring machine, Kirasi, who's like braces and uh, hat tricks. And he's already got 14 goals in the league. And, you know, Sebastian Hunis is their manager. This is this is a complete this is a complete um, shocker this year in the most positive way possible. I cannot stress that enough. How unbelievably interesting Stuttgart is, and how unbelievably overachieving they are. What what are your thoughts? I mean, there you could you could talk about them for an hour in terms of where they should be and where they are. But yeah. this has got to go down right now. If they make the Champions League a year after fighting off relegation and selling their captain to to Liverpool, then we we you know this this has got to go down as one of the best. Like you know, as far as like modern football, and you know, with 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 all the money that's being pumped into it now, they have a little bit of money from Mercedes Benz, but like. They're not getting that oil money, all right? Like, not even close. Not and they, as I said, they've been relegated twice in the last seven years. So they're one of those multiple, multi-time German champions as, as recently as 2007 that have been down in the second tier and had to fight their way back up. I believe, if I'm not mistaken, I think Stuttgart has gotten promotion immediately right back both times. Oh, but wow. They, but they shouldn't be in second place nick why are they in second place i mean i just i feel these this team man like you said garasi has just been lights out i mean there are already teams talking about uh queuing his release clause which is only like 17 million and you know as well as i know that 17 million is nothing for these teams that that want a striker like him. I mean, and then even even saying that, they still have Dennis um uh what's his name? Um uh Dennis Undov from uh Brighton. I didn't he's he's on the team scoring goals almost every match also. I mean, he had a brace versus Cologne and he also scored against Union Berlin and win in the uh in the uh, friendly they played, but I mean, you're talking about a 27 year old German who, who was uh, playing in Belgium 
and also for Brighton, not what two years or a year ago. So uh, not just Garasi, but you got, you got a team, a full team here. I mean, like, like you said, when Liverpool got their captain, we both thought they would fall down. I mean, you sell your captain. Usually you're going to, you know, pay a little bit of price for that, but they're, uh, they're cranking it along. I mean, I, I, I say it and remind you almost every time we talk about them, me and you were watching not to, not at the, we weren't together watching it, but I know I was watching the Hamburg playoff match texting you and you were just like, dude, Hamburg don't stand a chance. And, and of course that's what happened, but that was just last year, man. And now look, we're talking about second place finish, man. They're, they're above Bayern Munich and we were just watching them play Hamburg in, in a relegation promotion playoff. So Everything's just everything's clicking, man. This manager has them playing like they're supposed to. You you have these uh these two strikers up top who could honestly probably play anywhere. I mean, granted, you know, you're not gonna take Holland or Mbappe's spot, but the these guys, these team like Chelsea who needs a striker and Arsenal are gonna be coming after Garassi. I mean, you know this as well as I do. They're gonna be chasing after him him and Oshiman will be the two top top strikers that get sold here I'm telling you they they're, they're going to lose them do you honestly think they can fight the the oil money off no 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 they're, they're this is they're not going to Girassi's going to be as good as gone that's not going to he, he I, is, I they're they're going to do whatever they can to keep him for the entire for the duration of the season especially if they're in a position to compete for uh Europe which they you know, when I say Europe, I'm talking about Conference League, Europa League, and Champions League. So any any one of the top seven positions in Germany, they they they're I mean they're so far out right now that you know they would they're they're in good spot to get to Europe almost I, I almost say no matter what. But no, they're not going to be able to fight that off. But there's other parts to this puzzle besides just Girassi. You have Alexander yeah. Nubel who came from Bayern. Uh, yeah. He's he's on loan, I believe, and then you have. Dan Axel Zagadou, who used to play for uh, the under the under nineteen French national team, I believe, uh, and he was also uh, purchased. He was part of, I think, he was playing for PSG at the time in in their uh, B team. Uh, Dortmund bought him. Yeah, Dortmund was he was a a, a, a a very solid at times addition to their back four center back for them. So he's played the highest level of German football. Then yeah. they've accumulated, you know, some some players that, despite the fact they lost Endo to Liverpool, their captain, they and I mean this is the thing, like their their win last week was a three nil win over a Champions League side in Union Berlin. We just mentioned them yeah. fighting for their survival. This matchup last year was the complete reverse. Stuttgart was fighting for survival. Yeah. Union Berlin were in the Champions League spots, you know, uh, at you know at certain times even competing for, for the top spot. And now the script is flipped. Stuttgart, one loss in nine matches, and Union Berlin hasn't won a match since August. So, yeah. I mean, it, it, this is, I mean, Stuttgart is a, is a fascinating team. It is truly, truly going to be a, a just just a remarkable accomplishment, and, and, and it's going to make history if they can actually finish in the top four. But more to the point, or going beyond the point of how did we get here, is 
do you do you think that um because i do believe that the everybody they have on their in their in 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 the dressing room right now will be there until 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 uh mid end of may whatever um whenever the season ends but yeah uh and i mean if they get into the champions league they'll have an influx of money up and but the thing is the difference is you say compete with the oil money so here's something 15 years ago when Stuttgart were German champions or defending German champions, they had the draw on the pole to keep players. You know, Mario Gomez, a national team striker, he once played for Stuttgart. He was, you know, that that that's the kind of that's the kind of draw that they used to have. And now, you know, I think of some players that have played for Stuttgart. Uh Joshua Kimmich comes to mind, Timo Werner comes to mind. Yeah, they're go- they wouldn't think of staying there. I mean, they would. The, yeah. They wanted the first their first bus ticket out. Like, get me the hell yeah, out absolutely. of here. This is yeah. German royalty in terms yeah. of football history, and now they're they're one of those sides that are like you know competing over cookie crumbs. Yeah, and 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 they finally finally, in the most emphatic and surprising ways, have found their way back at the top. But the question is. Can they stay there, Nick? Is there is there any sustainability in what's going on here, or is this literally just the best nine game start you could have possibly imagined for them? No, I I think they can, man. I I I do. I mean, if you just just watching them, man, they're just so they're very good. I mean, it's not like this is some some crazy. We got lucky. Let's win nine games. Let's stay in second above Bayern Munich uh, type deal. This is a. Uh, this is definitely something I, I think they can finish top. I mean, the only ones they're really right now looking like are they're competing with is the the juggernauts, uh, Munich, and then Munich's uh, second place brother uh, Leverkusen. You know, I just Dortmund's gone Dortmund, and Leipzig isn't looking as strong as everyone thought they would be. So I, I do I agree with you, man. I, I think. Stugart, we looking at the end of the season as long as no crazy injury or, or you know, no one swoops in with 120 mil for Garasi, then then yeah, they'll uh they could definitely finish top four. I hope they do. I mean, I, I enjoy watching them. I think they're uh, uh, a good side to to be playing for right now. I, I'm gonna tell be- you, if somebody offers me 120 million for him, I'm selling him in January. I don't care where I'm at yeah. the table. Oh, absolutely, that, that'd be ridiculous. Yeah. Watch. I'm not saying that's going to happen, but they're going to get a ridiculous offer for them. I'm telling you, Chelsea needs somebody. Arsenal needs a striker. You're talking about top tier clubs who need strikers, and I mean he's 27. Chelsea just bought. Chelsea just bought uh, in Cuckoo. I know, just but he, bought him. He, I know he's been hurt, but I'm telling. I watch these. I watch these people talk. These fan channels, and I watch these uh, uh, Arsenal guys, and they all still want a striker. They, I'm not saying they control what happens and they're not going to get what they want, but they it, it's not out of the crazy it's not to say it's crazy to say that no one's gonna try to swoop in and buy him and I'm just using Chelsea an example. It could happen, but the guy has 14 goals in eight matches, 27. I'm not saying they'll get a hundred, but I'm telling you watch it. We will talk about this again, January, February. Somebody's going to offer a crazy amount for this guy. I just, I see it happening, man. I just do. It's not, well, I mean, when that, when, I mean, yeah, when that time comes, they're going to cash out. But if it's, if it's not, if it's, you know, if it's not something that's decent, you don't want to, you know, if they're in the top four spot come Christmas, 
and we'll yeah, talk don't about do this it. upcoming, right? You know, don't do yeah. that. You want to yeah. you, you want to finish out strong. You want to get that money for next season in terms of like commitments. Um, yeah. You know, if you know you got some Champions League money coming your way, you know, get, you know, go ahead and qualify Send for it. Off. Get that out of the way. Yeah. Sell sell Girasse for. You know, whatever it's not going to be 120 million, but you know, somebody comes Hell, in with the offer yeah. 70, maybe you know. But in terms of like chemistry, the problem is they can't. They they he, he's the, the 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 way that the team is functioning right now, playing this four two three one, their 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 tactical uh, their 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 tactical. Like in in terms of like what they're doing, their approach is under Hunis has just been flawless so far this year. They you know lights they, out. They, yeah, they have the one loss to Leipzig, and then really other than that, you know, they don't have any other blemishes. It's just been it's been amazing. I mean, you got Girassi up front in that four four two three one. As I said, you got Zagadu's the, the anchor in the back on the back four. Nubles in front and behind him in goal. You know he's a, he's a Schalke pros, uh, a former Schalke prospect. Schalke, he's a former Schalke starting goal goalkeeper who then got sold yeah. to Bayern and then um, yeah loaned out because I guess you know under underperforming Bayern that's what happens to you you get loaned out. Um, yeah. But you know I, I'll tell you another player that played for Stuttgart back in the day. You want to know who that was? Philip Lom. Philip Lom, German yeah. national team captain, yeah. World Cup winner, yeah. twenty fourteen, yeah. Bayern captain. I don't know how many Bundesliga titles were Bayern, but a ton. Champions yeah. League winner, treble winner. He came from yeah, Falcon Stuttgart. Yeah. So yeah. this this club has a long history of producing German stalwarts. And they yeah. can't keep they cannot you can't keep them now. It's not it's not yeah. you're not going to be able to fight off the, the, the Dortmunds and the Bayerns and stuff like that. You know, and I wouldn't even see this thing that's sad is that Frankfurt can now outbid Stuttgart. It's like, if, if you want to go play for Eintracht Frankfurt, that's easy. Yeah. Um, because they have more success than Stuttgart in the last 10 years. Right. Right. Frankfurt, yeah. Frankfurt's been champions league last year, the Europa league champions from two years ago. Stuttgart, yeah. what's, what's Stuttgart done for you lately? Nothing. Won the won the relegation playoff match. That's about it. But yeah, yeah, right, right, I, yeah. It, it's it's funny, man. When we met and uh, all the the German old school history stuff, I've learned, man. Hearing that Kaiserslautern and Stuttgart and Schalke, all these teams were just absolute German royalty. Just blew my mind because yeah. I'm sitting here watching them in the second tier, dude. Third tier. I mean, Kaiserslautern. I was watching. Boyd or somebody, an American striker, I liked playing for them in the third tier. And I'm I'm like, oh my gosh, I, I, my buddy gave me a Kaiserslautern jersey that didn't fit him, that yeah. he found at freaking Goodwill. I mean, and, and hearing you tell me all this history that they have is just mind-blowing to someone like me who had no clue that Stugart was once royalty, you know? I, and, and it's good to see them back, man. I, I hope they can keep it going, and, and I think they can with this club. Just, just crazy to me to to see them in a relegation playoff, and now we see them sitting one point behind first place. You know. Yeah. Um, let's talk about their next seven matches. That's going to tell the tale, I think, for Falkenberg Stuttgart. You know, this this Saturday, this they uh, have Hoffenheim. Yeah. Then uh, I won't include the DFB call. That doesn't. Uh, I don't really. Care. But that's a rematch, by the way, with Union Berlin. So yeah, Union Berlin. So that's, that's Halloween. Yeah. yeah, Halloween on October thirty first. Wow. Uh, Heidenheim after that. So Hoffenheim, then Heidenheim. Then they have 
in succession. Now this is this is the the gauntlet right here. Okay, so for these five in a row, Dortmund, oh Dortmund, Frankfurt, Werder Bremen, Leverkusen, and Bayern. So they have the was it the the fourth place team, the like seventh place team. I'm not looking at the table, so don't if I'm Frankfurt somewhere in there. You're, so. you're fine. Werder yeah, Bremen fourth, is yeah. the outlier here that they're bottom half of the table. Leverkusen's in first, Bayern's in second. So you're getting you're getting basically three of your five, if you want to include Frankfurt, because they are also going to compete for Europe. You're getting th- yeah. four four of the seven European challengers in Germany all within that five weeks. Uh, five weeks span, yeah. And Hoffenheim yeah. is not to be sneezed at either. By the way, coming up this weekend. So, what do you? What's your? What's your? Um, like, like to to, to have to, to kind of come up with a with a quick solution here, based on what you've seen, and based on what you've seen on these other clubs. Where, where do you think Stuttgart's going to be once that gauntlet is uh, is over? Oh man, I mean, dude, that's a death run right there. I mean, you're talking. Oh my gosh! Besides Werder Bremen, and then not to mention they after Bayern. I mean, you're looking at Augsburg and Muchen Gladbach. So they're they this whole new stretch is massive. I they if they can sneak a, a, some draws in two or three of those, and then maybe just take a loss with Bayern at home because Bayern's at home. If they could somehow just lose that match, maybe draw with Leverkusen, then then of course. You know you're going to look at a long long term stay up top in the top four to five for sure, but pulling that off is going to be nothing short of miraculous. You know that. Can they do it? Of course. Doing it is a whole nother thing. I mean, I mean, beating Leverkusen at home possible, beating Bayern Munich away. I just that's a hard one to 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 say that they can pull off. I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and and say they can get it versus v, BVB at home. That's and a, then that's a that's that's a Stu, in Stuttgart, yes. Yeah, that's in Stuttgart, and then Frankfurt. I think they can beat Frankfurt away. I honestly do. I I I can totally see a one to three or or zero to two match there, and I think they can beat Werder Berman also. So Leverkusen, they got them. They're in Stuttgart, and then you got Munich away. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna say we still see them up top, man. I really am. I I'm thinking if they can draw with Leverkusen and Munich, you're gonna see them for the long stay for sure. So here's 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 how I, here's my my way too early predictions in terms of these. Seven matches, but I'm gonna go ahead and throw this out there, and we can revisit this in the weeks coming to see if I'm how wrong or how well, right it, I am. But these will be done with in December, so you're you're talking about the Bayern matches December 16th, so it's not too far. You know, of course it's weeks, but yeah, I mean it. it we'll have this all finished with by Christmas, dude. So it's not too far away. Um, they beat Hoffenheim this weekend. They beat Heidenheim. They sorry no they draw Hoffenheim they beat Heidenheim they beat Stuk uh, they beat Dortmund they draw Frankfurt they beat Werder Bremen they lose to Leverkusen and they lose to Bayern six 0 Okay, I, I can't Bayern, argue. With Bayern that. Bayern are going to hammer their confidence and hammer them into submission and for Bayern it's going to be a statement win against somebody they consider an underling. Okay. 
I mean, I, I totally could, I wouldn't be surprised, but you see a two, two or a, or a one, one or something there, then, then you're going to have to start really either questioning Thomas Tuchel or you're going to have to start saying Stugart is now up there, you know? Well, it's, 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 it's at the Allianz arena. So I expect, absolutely. I, yeah, I, I expect I, a beat down. Yeah. Uh, I definitely expect the L at that one. Yeah. But even with that said, I think that with the results that I just gave you, I think that's enough to still be in the top four come the Augsburg absolutely. match December 20th, which is then the winter break in Germany. Yeah, absolutely. So they go into yeah. the new year. I think they go they go into the new year still in a Champions League spot. Yeah, no, I agree with you. They're, they're, I, I agree with you on that one. Yeah, they're, they're not, no one's going to kick them out. Uh, with those results there, you're still looking at third or fourth because – you're winning and beating the teams that are also contending for the third and fourth and fifth. So yeah, that, that really doesn't move them around too much, man. So I agree with you there. I would love to see Bayern Munich put up six goals in a match. I don't remember the last time I saw that. I don't want to see that. I'm just, well, I, I'm. Yeah, sarcastic. I definitely don't want to see that. Yeah, no, I, I, I definitely do not want to see that. They, they couldn't even put up, um, over four against uh, Presson Munster, which is a third tier side in the Polkal. So until they can start dropping more than, than four against teams like that, then yeah, they put up seven against Balkum or however you say it. I, I, I don't even respect them as a team anyways. But other than that, you know, Tuchel doesn't have them running as the fine tuned machine that they have been. So but no, that, that's he whole, doesn't. He doesn't. Whole other I mean, story. Yeah, for sure. Um, all right, well, is there anything else you wanted to add to Stuttgart? No, man, I just hope they keep it going. I, I love seeing these new teams up top. I mean, you're used to seeing Stuttgart back in the day. I'm not. I would love to see them to stay up. I mean, seeing a new face in this top is beautiful to me. It's like music to my ears, man. Well, speaking of teams that we used to see on top, and we see them on top right now, much like Stuttgart, we used to see on top. And they're not quite on top, but they're they're very they're they're there, almost behind Leverkusen. This team actually is on top, and that's a focus on one of the the, the we talk about German royalty all the time. Well, this is French royalty. Beyond Lyon, there's also one other club. You know, there's you know you got uh, Olympic Marseille and Bordeaux, where Zidane came from, and you know Non back in the mid '90s dominated French football. I remember when I was growing up in Germany, Non was uh, a powerhouse. They were stalwart. In, in, in France. So, I mean, believe it or not, now they're like one of those teams that seems to be fighting for survival every year or like mid-table at best. But um, the team we're talking about, club we're talking about, is uh, AS Monaco, uh, the home of uh, one Kylian Mbappe, uh, formerly. So, yeah. they are, yeah, and they, uh, obviously, Monaco also uh, took it to, to Pep's Manchester City as well. They beat, beat, beat the hell out of them in the Champions League. So, um the um, they are one of those two clubs. The other one being uh, Lille, that has interrupted PSG's decade of, of dominance, yep. so to speak, if you will. Uh, back in 2016-17, Monaco did win the league. Uh, they had uh, a defender on the club at that time by the name of Fabinho. They had a striker by the name of Kylian Mbappe. Uh, they were they, that was a a and I'm leaving some out, so I'm not, I don't have the 2016-17 roster in front of me. But that was a star-studded, uh, I think, for call for uh, oh yeah, it was, it was named the Colombian um, 
Cal Cal, yeah. Yeah, I think he was I he's somewhere around there. He might he might have been uh the year after the big Champions League run, but you had David Silva. You no, not David Silva. You had uh, what's his name? Um, the other uh, Silva. He played for them in 2015-16 and was sold to City. Uh, oh, Bernardo Silva. Yeah, yeah, Bernardo Silva. Sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah. That that yeah. was a uh, that was a, a an absolute star-studded team that got raided. Yeah. Oh my gosh, pillaged like a pillaged. pirate. Big booty, dude. It was but, just ridiculous. But they they themselves for one year sort of flirted with relegation down there. Uh, yeah, three two three years ago. But they are yeah. now they are now firmly back. They are in first place, and we're going to talk about them because it's not a, it's not necessarily a surprise to say that Monaco are in the top four. But I think it is a surprise to say. That they, you know, to this point, they've only lost one match. They've played nine. They, they're, they're, you know, they have twenty PSGs behind them in third place. Yeah. Eighteen. Nice. Uh, nice is another one that they have had more success than not in the past five or six years. Um, they're nineteen points in second place, and then Lille, who's the, like I said, they're the other uh, club that's interrupted PSG's little dominance there. They're in fourth place, but um. What are your What are your thoughts on Monaco? I just I, I love seeing them seeing them up here. I mean them uh, them getting the 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 American striker from Arsenal has really helped their attack there. Ben Yedder getting a little older, uh, he definitely needed uh, needed some help up up top. That's for sure. But yeah, I mean um, seeing Monaco do this is definitely something I was. Uh, Hoping would happen, man. I, I get tired of PSG's dominance, just like any football fan would. I mean, you're talking about someone who only gets interrupted every freaking what few years. They'll they'll lose a title to someone like Lille or, or uh, Monaco. Uh, but yeah, man. I mean, seeing how good they play together and seeing how good it's all all come together for them is really just uh, kind of eye-opening for me. I didn't expect this out of Monaco this season. Seeing them get kicked out of European competition, I think it was the PSV, and just just seeing them crumble defensively in those games just, just was a little scary. So seeing them stay up top and only you losing that one match is, is definitely big. Shocking, actually, to me. Um, we, you were right, too. What, three years ago they were dead – they were the one spot above relegation. They got saved. So going from there to first place is definitely something uh, that we we needed to talk about here. I see a lot of redemption stories here on this club too. When I look at the the individual yeah. player names, you see um, Takumi Minamino, who obviously Jurgen Klopp thought a lot of to get bring him over from Salzburg to Liverpool, and it just never it just never really panned out. Yeah, he was brought in as kind of a replacement to kind of fill that role in for Daniel Sturridge, possibly replace Divock Origi, and yeah. I guess he just never found his footing. I always thought he played fairly well, but yeah, he I guess did. he just wasn't what they were looking for. Is that is you know it's kind of like being a Venge Sevenfolds drummer, you know you just, yeah. it's just you know they they've it's just not what we're looking for. So <laughs> he's he's doing really well there. You look at uh, Vissan Benyetter, who's been with the club for a long time, but he's he's still making a name for himself there. You look at Dennis Zakaria, who came over from Gladbach. He's yeah, you know, not that he was 
he was bad there, but you know, this is a, this was, you know, I don't know if this was considered to be a step up at the time because Gladbach has traditionally been pretty good over the last five or six years in the champions yeah. league a number of times, but you know, Monaco, like I said, a couple of years ago, facing relegation, probably a step down from a big club like, like Gladbach. And then Alexander Golovin. I mean, he's another one that stands out as yeah. far as, you know, this guy's been around for a long time. And I think he just scored today. I think He's, he had a brace. Yeah. He had a brace, right. For, for, for Monaco in the champions league. So, um, what do you see? Uh, oh, and let's not forget, uh, Brill and Bolo. He, he yeah, was Bolo, a shock yeah. for a while. He was supposed to be their guy. And man, he just, every, every body part he could break, he broke it. I mean, he just constantly injured, never, never really fit onto the roster. And just kind of flamed out. Now he's now he's at Monaco, you know, getting a, getting a, a second lease on life. What are your What are your thoughts when you look at this club in terms of like the the, the roster and 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 the pieces that you see? I, I like you said the redemption song, man. I mean, these guys are all getting second chance. I I liked uh, Minamino at Liverpool, man. I I I expected a lot out of him watching him play with Daka, Preston Daka and uh, the likes at at uh it was Salzburg if I'm not mistaken and uh I thought he would do a little better with with Klopp but yeah you know get him getting another chance he gets his time there he gets his time next to Forlan and uh Ben Yetter but I just uh, I don't know I mean Embolo's still Embolo's still only only 26 years old I mean you know this is a guy Yeah that, he's from Switzerland. He's played on the Swiss national team. Like I said, Schalke thought they were getting just an absolute uh, powerhouse, and all yeah. they really did was get a guy who was injured the whole time. And and you know now yeah. he's he's playing for for Monaco. And and you know these are I, I see these like I said. I mean, Benyetter obviously has been there, but I see a lot of like he's never left monaco and that that both speaks for him and against him because if you're if you leave monaco you're in the mbappe boat you're in the bernardo silva boat that you actually yeah. someone recognize you as a top footballer but he's the one guy that i think has been at monaco that's still been a very good footballer and he's just you know whether he's decided to stay or you know his agent told him to stay or whatever he's still there he's been there for a long time he's the most tenured player uh, for the club, so it's it's you know he's to see Monaco sort of rise, fall, and then re rise again all in this last decade, and to see them challenge PSG yet again when they have yeah. like one twentieth of the budget because you know big oh. oil, big oil, you can't compete with it. But yet here we are, Monaco's competing. So that's more what I think is like you know this is another. It's not the same scenario as Stuttgart because Monaco's. A bigger name than Stuttgart, but like, are is this is this is Mon like I'm asking you is this is Monaco kind of back? Do you see them back to the way that they were five six years ago, where they were consistently in the top four in France? They were competing for yeah. titles, or or is this just like okay, this is just a really another feel good story? Yeah, no, they're I I feel like they're up. I mean, if they can maintain these players and not just have the hot fire sale like they did after the Champions League run, I mean, you're looking at some a team that could definitely stay up. Ben Yedder taking that shot out in La Liga for three years. You know, he got to win. Pretty sure he pulled in a Europa 
uh, trophy one year he was there and then said, screw this, came back to France and he's been lighting it up ever since. Um, I, I can't wait till Mbolo comes back. I mean, he's been hurt and I know he hasn't been like the, the superstar that, that Schalke thought they were getting, but, or Mooch and Godblock also, but the guy contributes, man. I mean, being only 26, like you said, still young. I mean, Zacharia, yeah, he, he's, uh, 26 also but i mean these guys these guys all all have that talent to where they can keep monaco up it's just hard to compete with that that uh you know that billion dollar budget that 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 the big team has you know um i see them sticking you know these guys don't leave and they stay you're gonna see monaco in champions league uh uh next season and 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 definitely uh giving up a good fight. Just don't freaking sell everybody. I mean, if you go back to that 15, 16 side, they sold like half the team. It was ridiculous. And not only did they do, but they went into financial turmoil with the owner or whatever. I mean, it was big news there and we saw them flirting with relegation, you know? So you, you stick to that and you won't have to worry about all the crap they went through in 2018 and 19, you know? Right. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, when I look at this also, I, I meant to say um, that Golovin had a brace against Mets. Sorry, I, I think I said Champions League. I meant to say... No, he, yeah, he, no, he well, we were just talking about... Yeah, yeah. we were just um, talking about Champions League. But yeah. I, I want to get things as factual as I can, so I, that, was my, that was my slip-up. So, But anyways, um, yeah, look at the lineup from the weekend. They played that 4-2-2-2, which is... Uh, we saw... So we talked about this, right? This is the great – This is I love talking tactics in football. So yeah. Leipzig, RB Leipzig implemented – they were the first Bundesliga club to implement the 4-2-2-2. They did that under Ralf Hasenhüttl, and that was uh, kind of the brainchild of Ralf Rangnick. And that's yeah, that, Rang- that, that's, that, yeah. that Leipzig uh, or that, that Red Bull school, school of thought, if you will. And yeah. if you look at it, so they, they have a back four with two – uh, central basically number sixes. You got Fofana and Kamara in there, and uh-huh. then they spread the other t- the next two out, which would be Golovin and Minamino, and then Ben yeah. Yedder and Balagoon are more central up in a, up in the yeah. attack. So it's it's all it's 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 really you can look at it however you want to look at it, but it's kind of like a four two four or even so a four two two two. Can quickly switch into a four four two or a four two four, depending on yeah. what you need and 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 how, how you want to utilize it. Which is that's yeah. kind of the the brilliance of it, right? It's how Leipzig were able to dominate those lower tiers. They went from the fifth tier to the Bundesliga in like was it seven years or nine years? I think it was. They they took them yeah, nine years. Quickly. Yeah. So I mean, but it also comes from the tactics and the way they played. No one had seen. Or no one really implement, especially in a country that's dominated that being Germany by the four three three and the four two three one that Bayern so often used under Jupinkis. This is this was the, also Jurgen Klopp used it a lot, so I should go ahead and say that yeah. that was heavy metal football, right? But this is oh, so. Yeah. What are your like? How, how do you like how how uh, Monaco's doing it? You know, I love it. you know, yeah. with their tactics to systematically so deadly. I mean, Minamino and, and Golovin on the sides. I mean, Fofana Camara holding down the middle, and you got Yetter and um, and the American up front. I mean, you can't. 
it, it just sounds so deadly just when you were saying it out loud and, and that switching into a four four two at times also just just makes them even more sound in the back. So I, I think it works great for him, man. And and it's funny you bring up Ralph Ragnick, who's now absolutely turned Austrian's international team into a powerhouse. I mean, just the tactics alone change everything for Monaco and and this works for them. I mean those two those two guys on the outside feeding in Forlan and and Vignetter just has been working to the T, man. I, I I think it's great. And and there was no one f- more fun to watch than Leipzig in the third and the four or the third and the second tier coming up. I mean, pulsing and watching those guys was so much fun, man. I, I remember watching those games when they were in the second tier and just coming up and then switching to Palmeiras matches, watching Gabriel De Jesus play in Brazil. So I hearing hearing Ralph's name and, and hearing the, the four four two or, or the four two 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 is just it, it it's close to my heart, man. It, it got me to where I am loving football. Uh, Leipzig's story was one of my favorites and seeing Monaco play the same way is is great. I love it. It's exciting football, man. I, I, I totally agree. I mean, Leipzig are, are, have been one of the most exciting teams in Europe for the past half decade at least. Um, yeah. It was because of the way that they play. It's, it's their style of play. The next five weeks are going to tell the tale of the tape for Monaco. This oh, is, boy. This is, this, is, this is big, right? So starting this weekend, Sunday, October 29th, 10 a.m. Eastern, they play um, – Lille, who we said is obviously has has been a French power now for the last couple of years, the last team not named PSG to win the league. Uh, they yeah. are the only team, like I said, in that whatever you want to call it, decade of decadence, whatever of PSG, Monaco and Lille are the only two to to do anything to make any kind of noise in the past five or six years. Yeah, in terms of interrupting PSG's um, little reign of terror here, so. They're going to face off against each other. That's number one versus number four, I believe. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's number one versus four. Yeah. Then it's Brest. So you have, again, I mean, this is, um, you know, just, just looking at this, Brest is fifth place. So they have to play four and five back to back. And then right after that, and I just lost it. I just lost it. Yeah, Damn they it. played newly newly promoted Lahar. Yeah, that's fine. And, yeah, and then then on November twenty sixth, they play PSG. It's going to yeah. be PSG, and it's going to be at the Parc des Princes. So it's going to be in Paris. Yeah. That is that is an away fixture for them. That is massive. I mean, that right yeah. there is, is is everything, especially with how close things are right now in terms of points. And then to yeah. finish out that five game match or that five game span, they play Montpellier. So that's that's it. And then yeah. Um, yeah, then Rennes, and then Lyon which would have been a massive matchup years ago. Now yeah. it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's first versus worst, which is just yeah. odd for me to say. And then to yeah. lose, and then they go into the winter break uh, until January 13th. So what do you, yeah. what do you, I mean, this is, this is going to be tough, man. Lille, they're, 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 they're gritty. They're tough. They're a hard side breast. You know, they're trying to, 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 you know, get into Europe this year. So they're going to be playing that, that one, at least, you know, for Monaco is going to be at home. And then you have yeah. uh, a couple weeks after that PSG. What do you? How do you see this playing out for them? Just got to stick it out tough versus Lille and Brest. Brest is uh, is a team I 
I also got the pleasure of seeing come up from the second tier to the top and they've been staying up, which is, which has been great to see. But this year they have the defense, man. That's like no other. I mean, no one can, no one can score against them. I mean, they've been shutting out teams left and right, man. I think they have probably one of the best defenses in the league so far, only allowing eight goals. And I mean, you're talking about, yeah, Nice is the next up with PSG being seven and then Brest at third. So good defensive side, man. And you're talking about Monaco who like to score goals. So that'll actually be interesting. Does defense prevail versus the offense? And then the big match PSG going to be hard to beat them in, in, in Paris, man. That, that'll be a good one. I, I mean, Monaco and PSG matches are usually very entertaining. I mean, we got a three to one last time, last go round, uh, last season where we saw four goals in the first half and then absolutely nothing. And Ben Yetter had a brace and they actually beat PSG in Monaco. But Paris Saint Germain also at home, the, the last time they played at home was a one one draw. They got the draw on a Neymar penalty. So PSG has had their difficulty with them as of late. Uh, so we'll see, man, if they can keep that keep it tight and keep that winning uh, up against PSG, you can still see them sitting up top, man. Yeah, it would be this, this would be nice to be the, the season where we see some, some change changes at the top of some of these leagues. Um, that is, yeah, that man. is for sure. So Monaco, um, I, I, you know, just giving my prediction, like I did with Stuttgart, I guess it's only fair that I do it with them. You know, it's not, um, I am not going to be as confident about this as I am about Stuttgart. So I'm going to say like Monaco and Lille are going to draw one, one Monaco are going to beat Brest. That's so Monaco's on the, on the road this weekend, by the way, for that matchup against Lille. Yeah. They'll beat Brest at home. They'll beat Le Havre away. Uh, PSG will beat them three to one and then they'll beat Montpellier. So if PSG, when it's conceivable they could win their next five matches, then we could oh. see a, a cha- change at the top of the table by yeah. early December. So I'm yeah. kind of predicting that. I don't. I think PSG they had a slow start out of the gates. I think they've kind of righted the ship a little bit, and I think that yeah. they understand that uh, they need to get serious. They've done that, and so uh, Monaco. Though I think the Monaco's safe to say they'll be right back in the Champions League again next year. Um, yeah. Because they, they, I don't, I, I don't see anybody else in France right now. It's going to really challenge in terms of like knocking them out of the top three. Yeah, absolutely, you know? man. I agree with you. And PSG is finding that form, beating Milan today three nothing. I, I, I definitely could see PSG pulling that out. And this could be the time where we do see the the juggernaut back on top. Do I want to? No, just for the sake of 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 being a football fan, I like to see something change, but. I mean, PSG is going to PSG, man. It's it's their league to lose, and uh, you just got to see these these other teams try to actually go for it, you know? Yeah. So it, yeah, that, you, you mentioned that PSG three and over Milan is like, I mean, it it is something unbelievable to see how bad Milan have been in the Champions League, how good they, how great they've been the last three years in Serie A after a decade of mediocrity in Serie A. They finally get back in the Champions League, and now they're literally they they can't do they can't they can't do anything 
right. They, can't can't score a goal. They, did, they didn't do anything right last year. They're not doing anything right this year. They're dead last in their group. Uh, they, what is it? They, they drew with Dortmund and PSG, zero, zero. P- yeah. PSG, like, you know, pasted them against the wall today. I mean, it's just, yeah. I, it's so, and this goes back to what I was saying about Italy, right? It's like you have Inter and Napoli is kind of like the torchbearers right now. And they're doing okay, both domestically and internationally. But like, you know, Juventus is kind of trying to find their footing back to where they were, you know, four or five years ago. And then Milan has been doing really well in the league, but just just absolutely atrocious in terms of like the Champions League. It's bad, man. Like I said, they haven't even scored a goal. And there's been, what, four matches? So it's it's been very difficult. We're halfway through right now. Okay, so three, yeah, and they still haven't netted a freaking goal. I mean, I I had the game on at work, and I watched, and they had a couple chances, but Donnarumma, uh, coincidentally, their their guy. Oh, he, Donnarumma, he just, yeah, yeah, he's their he's their former goalkeeper. He, yeah, yeah, he shut them down, man. I mean, he couldn't get they couldn't get anything past him, and they had a few chances, man. They he had a a far post save where the tip of his finger hit the ball, and I'm telling you, it was. It was like only him could have at, at that moment could have done something like that because that ball was going in and he actually saved it from being a, I think it was two nothing the two one game and then PSG just closed it out man they they couldn't stop him so yeah man they they seeing how bad they've been is just it's kind of mind blowing but yeah the beautiful game man that's how it goes you you lose the lose track of the of who and what you're doing and how you are as a club and stuff like that happens, man. Well, speaking of rivalries, let's go to focus real quick on uh, two of the big ones coming up. And um, yeah. the first one is the uh, Manchester Derby's coming up. That's, that is, we looked at this, right? So it's, it's a lot closer than people may think uh, to, to, so Manchester United before, uh, Fergie was there. They were not. I'm not going to call them mediocre because they weren't mediocre, but they were. They were a good side, but they weren't great. Okay, they they weren't. You know, and and I think Manchester United really got spoiled under Ferguson, and they're right now they're really back to where they used to be. So this is the United that, if you know, you're my generation saw United in their complete dominating form. This is the class of 92. We saw the David Beckhams and those kind of guys come up and, you know, they dominated the, because that was the year the Premier League was founded and they, they turned it on right at the same time that Liverpool was turning it off. And yeah, first couple of years you had a, a couple of different champions like, you know, Blackburn, stuff like that. But United for the most part until, Arsenal and Chelsea kind of turned it on. They 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 were winning it all the time. Now Ferguson's, you know, leaves in 2013. The last 10 years have been pretty pedestrian for United. And that's that's not how it always was, but it's more like it used to be, if that makes any does that make sense? Oh yeah. City have done the opposite. City were totally terrible when I was coming up. I mean, they were in the third third tier at one point. They were second tier. I mean, they 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 were you know in in dire straits, and you know United had a long winning streak there. But if you look at it, um, you know there's some draws in here. But like you look at the blue, you go back to 2011, and actually you go back, yeah, 20, 2011, 
or 2012, sorry. There's like one, yeah. two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12. To United's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. So, you know, United City's gotten the better United. They've won three of the last four. One of those, uh, well, one of those was a four to one. The other one was a six to three. God, and then, yeah. yeah um, then um, the last time they played at Old Trafford, United finally, they, they broke the three game losing streak in the league to City. That was a 2 1 win. Before that, it was 2 0 for City. So, uh, for City at home, 28 wins to United's 31. So very even. There's yeah. 25 draws in there. United at Old Trafford, 35 wins to City's 22 with 27 draws. So this is a lot closer, I think, than people might yeah. suspect. Um, is there any reason for you, other than the fact that it is a rivalry and – you know, it's it's a northwest rivalry. It's a it's a local rivalry in terms of the city, Merseyside, all that stuff, right? Um, this is basically Liverpool and Everton, but in Manchester form. Is yeah. there any hope whatsoever <clears throat> that you see of United being able to steal any points, not just a win, not three points, but just get a point off of City? I mean. I just I don't don't see it, man. Not not at all. I mean, United have just been so bad. I mean, they they relied on a Harry Maguire goal to beat Copenhagen, and and I'll repeat that. Slowly, hey, Harry so. Maguire is an eighty million dollars center back, sir. You watch your words, uh, there, sir. He is. You are talking about an English gargantuan statue right there is what you're talking about yep an, an international center back starter mr gareth southgate calls him up every time but hey he he won the game for united against copenhagen hey what what he oh, shut the, all the, the european powerhouse that is copenhagen yes yep. yeah so so to see them actually even keep it close with city would be Shocking in my eyes. I mean, just because Manchester United do not play very well. I mean, if you look at how they've won the last three matches, it's been by a goal and it's been close and it's been ugly. I mean, you're talking about uh, the Scottish legend. I mean, he really might have a statue out here shortly, but for sure. Mr. Oh, Andy um, Robertson. No, yeah, yeah. yeah he, you said Scottish legend, so you, 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 you yeah, man. Me. Uh, what's his god? Why am I not remembering? Uh, McTominay, McTominay, Scott, yeah, yeah. Or two in stoppage to win a match. Harry Maguire scored a BS goal against uh Copenhagen at home. They only won one to nothing. I mean, you're this that city should and probably will win by a goal or two. I mean, I, I don't see any reason why not, even missing Kevin. I mean, uh, you know, Mutant's getting back in form with his goal, or I think he just had one today. Uh, yeah, it was Young Boys. It was away, though. So the crowd was totally against City. Um, but I just, United, They there's just, I mean, it'll have to, you'll have to see unicorns running around on the streets for me to, to think uh, United are going to be able to pull together a good enough performance to beat City. Well, let's look um, at it, right? So... United, 
United yeah. United are going to – so here's how this is going to go, right? Uh, City's going to have 65% possession. United's going to be under under constant pressure the first half. They're going to try and catch them on a stupid counter with Rashford because that's all they can do, really. Yeah. And yeah, that's all I got. Maguire's going to be doing the same thing that you and I are doing, watching. Yes. Because he won't be playing this – he won't be playing this weekend. I can tell you that right now. Yeah. And uh, they're going to give Sancho back to Dortmund. Not that he was a damn factor anyway, because he because yeah. because and this is the thing, right? We come back to this. United still have money. They still have prestige. They still sell kits. They still sell merchandise. People still know their name. They're a household name. What's the difference, right? Now the flip the head, it's been flipped the coin's been flipped on the other side of its head. It's not just about money, and I will you know I've talked about this with Pep Guardiola. He's a good manager. He is a good manager, and he's better. And the thing about it is, that I you can argue all the time we can because I will do this about him being handed basically just you know the like um, FIFA Team of the Year roster every single year and having to win with that. And they're like, oh, you know, this is his toughest job ever. It's going to be this season because they won the treble and it's going to be keeping them motivated. So that's why he got five new players in the summers because they've never won anything and they're going to be hungry to do what the guys before them did. Yada, 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 yada. Okay. But at the end of the day, Pep Guardiola is still better than anyone they that United has had since Ferguson. Okay. And, and, and they've had gym teachers, they've had idiots. They've had Louis van Gaal, whatever the hell he is. And, I mean, yeah. now they have the, the next Dutch superhero, not named Louis van Gaal, uh, Eric 10-7. And yeah. he earned that name because Liverpool pounded seven goals past him last season. Yeah. So yeah. when it's come to rivalries lately, Liverpool have owned United, City have owned United. The only one that hasn't, even though they did beat them a couple years ago to stay up, was Everton. They almost, if they hadn't won that game, they might have very well gotten relegated two years ago, but they somehow finished, they somehow managed, the Evertonians did, to beat United in a last gasp effort before the season was over to stay up and get three vital points. My point is, United just don't have the gas in the tank to compete. So they, they are once the hunted, or sorry, hunters are now the hunted, and now... They're going to be the little guy like Burnley and Sheffield that are going to have to park the bus against the mighty Manchester City. How else yeah. do you see it going? If you if you have any faults with what I've said, let me know because I would love I, I want to hear what you think about this match and how you think it's going to go because I think that you're going to I think that that United are going to be um, basically sweating bullets from the opening kick until the final whistle. No, absolutely. Dude, you said it right. It's going to be 60-70% possession. City will be holding the ball, attacking at Onana, attacking at uh, whoever is they're going to be their their center backs. I mean, dude, you're talking about this will be all City, and it's in Old Trafford, and the fans are probably going to start booing at this guy just because they're probably going to do exactly what you said and park the bus. I mean, there's no other way. Are how, how, dude? 
you they can't attack it. They can't go at City. They go at City, they're going to open up, and City will destroy them and tear them apart and put four or five goals past them. So me and you both know United will do exactly what you said and park that bus and pray that they can get a counterattack goal from somebody, which they probably won't, and uh, get a one to nothing or one to one something like that. That's in the the minute five percent probability chance there because you're probably looking at a three nothing one three something crazy result here because you're just the way United are playing tactically, physically, mentally. They're just not. They're not there, dude. They're they're just not there at all, and. Uh, Anyone backing United has just lost their marbles. So let's look at the I mean, let's look at the money here. Let's look at the money that United have wasted. I'm going to go down this lineup from this past weekend. They had a two-one victory over the mighty, mighty Sheffield United. They needed until the 77th minute to go ahead two to one. They're squeaking wins out two-one, one-nil against these bottom feeders. Right. Let's start from the goalkeeper position. Uh, Onana, they spent like fifty million on. Then they have Rafael Varan. He he was he was uh, subbed out uh, for uh, Johnny Evans, the last holdover of the um, um, Ferguson era. Harry yeah. Maguire started last weekend against the mighty Sheffield. Complete waste of money. Victor Lindelof, waste of money. Uh, Bruno Fernandez, that was a good investment. Scott McTominay. Well, you just talked about him. You know, he's come up through the system, basically. I mean, you know, Christian Erickson subbed in for him. Um, I'll give Erickson a pass. I mean, you know, we he was did well at Spurs, did well at Inter, and then the stuff happened with his heart. And, you know, that yeah. he's just he to see pass. him out there playing is is great. Uh, yeah. Holland, who was up front, um, a lot of money spent on him. He hasn't really done anything impressive so far. He Guess who came in for him? Martial, who's been there seemingly like for 50 years, can't get anything yeah. done. Then Marcus Marcus Rashford, um, he's the one guy. It's like, oh, our tactical approach, park the bus, pray for a turnover in the in in the uh the, the defensive third. Rashford yeah. is faster than the opposing fullbacks. Which he, he might hit, not hit, hit a lob. Yeah, right. Well, he might not be this time. Hit a lob to him on a sprint. He gets it. And hopefully he can actually finish this time, which he probably yeah. won't. But that's yeah. who that's who that's who starts up front for co- coming in from him last week, or sorry, he was starting on the wing, was the unbelievably successful transfer of Mason Mount. And then you have Anthony. No, not Anthony Hardaway. Anthony, not Mark Anthony, JLo's ex-husband, Anthony. <laughs> what what is what exactly has he done? This the teenager Garnacho that comes in for him, he's done more this season. He's 17 years old than yeah. Mark Anthony. So if you look at this, this is a, this is a, a a a roster, Nick, on paper that really reads well. And there are a bunch of of underachievers in almost every single name on here. There's a couple of exceptions, but almost every single name on this list that I on this roster that I that I told you I haven't even got to the subs yet. I mean, there's there's Donnie Vandebreak, Beak. There's um, let's see, Palestri. There's uh, Mabry. I mean, all this stuff. What what I mean, 
how do you explain how how all these players are bought for this high amount of money and almost none of them pan out? Yeah, they just it's terrible management, dude. I mean, these guys. I mean, you just naming off those names, it's just so sad. I mean, from Sancho to to I mean, Anthony. I'm surprised they let him come back and play with all the turmoil he's going through with the domestic abuse stuff. I mean, I just noticed they did they brought him back. I thought he was suspended. Um, yeah, man, it, it's just up and down, just a total waste. I mean, Mason Mount, dude, Chelsea got. Chelsea put on a ski mask and robbed United of $60 million, dude. That, or 40 or 50 or whatever he was, that also just, he didn't pan out for Chelsea. I mean, I don't know why they thought he would pan out for him. I mean, you said it best, man. Just you go up and down this this list here. It's nothing but disappointment. I mean, disappointment after disappointment. Yeah, you'll have your two or three. Bruno's been okay. You know, Erickson, poor guy. God God bless him. I'm so glad he's at least playing. I mean, yeah, same here. I mean, I, I don't wish any ill will towards him at all. No, none whatsoever. Seeing him pass out on that field, I'll never forget that. Uh, and, and it's just sad, man. I mean, really what, what you said is going to be is, is Seven Hogs tactic. It's going to be, hey, guys, don't let him score. Let's pray to break it off to Rashford, and let's hope he can finish. That's it. Done. I look at it. Beating. City are going to pick the bones with them, right? It's going to be Pep's typical. You know, it's going to be a lot of uh, of of crisp passing, breaking them down, and you know, for thirty minutes, United might hold the fort, but City are absolutely clinical at breaking teams down. You, the only if you're if you're going to do it the way like Brighton did it last week, right? Brighton went for the went for the draw. They got the two to one. They kept going forward. You cannot sit back against City. They're not going to get less talented during the match. I mean, they might get disinterested with you because you suck. But, I mean, in a derby, that's not going to happen. You have your chance, like Crystal Palace or somebody might get, might bore, you know, City enough that where they, you can catch them on an off day, right? But the Liverpools, the Chelsea's, the Arsenal's, the United's, you know, City's going to get up for those games, and if you win, you earned it. But I, I, you know, City, City is going. If you, if you sit back, and it doesn't matter, it doesn't matter what, what your back four is. I mean, they they have so much, they have so much, um, you know, tactical prowess and so much talent, you know, that they're got they're you know, Doku, you know, like those guys, they're, they, they, you know, Phenom comes right in, hits hits the gates running. I mean. They're going to yeah. break you down, and they're going to 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 bust that first goal. And once they do that, the floodgates are open, and it's, and you're going to be on your ass. Yeah, you're done. How are you how are you going to come back and open up even more to try to score, and then stop City from scoring? Also, you're just not going to do it. So this is going to be a, should be and probably will be a slaughter. Well, um. You have a final score prediction. I, so I'm gonna I'm gonna say uh, I'm gonna go with three uh, one to City. Uh, I was thinking that, but I'm not sure if United are gonna be able to score. I'm gonna say three nothing City. Oh, I didn't say United were gonna score. It's gonna be an own goal. Okay. Yeah. yeah. It's gonna yeah. be. It's gonna go off um, somebody's thigh. And, yeah. And, and, and bounce it. Yeah, and bounce it. You know. So United. So City are gonna score all four goals. But one of them is going to count toward you. And, and United will celebrate that like it's the 1966 English World Cup win. 
Yeah, it'll just show yeah. how sad they've come. Uh, they so, are a are sad, <laughs> sad state. They are indeed. I, I hope all United fans know that. Um, anyways, yeah. moving on. Um, one more big match, and it is the match of the match, the matches of the match, the, the, the king of kings, if you will. It's El Clasico, and this one, Nick, is split almost down to the wire. We're not going to include draws, so I'm not going to include draws. But it's 102 to 100 right now as far as wins-losses in competitive matchups in this series. We talked about this earlier. Uh, Real Madrid has eight more La Liga titles than Barca, and, of course, they have nine more – well, 11 if you count count the Europa League. They have 16 to 5 European trophies. That's two Europa Leagues and 14 Champions Leagues to Barca's five Champions Leagues. They have more – uh, club World Cups or International Cups as they were before. But Barca have a lot more victories in terms of the uh, domestic Cups. So this one yeah. this one goes, this is 102-100. I uh, believe I told you, besides Atletico, and they've only spoiled the party a not even a handful of times the past 30, 40 years. The last team... From to win La Liga, not from Madrid or or Barcelona, was Sevilla, I believe, in 1992. Not, God. I'm not looking at it right now, but I think so. This is literally, I mean, this is the Spanish title right here. We're, we're, we're this is it. This is La Liga's, you know, Super Bowl, if you will. Yeah. So, um, no, really. this is going to be the real test, right? For 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 um, Hey Jude. And the uh, the Bellingham Army. So th- th- this is this is where the, the 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 rubber meets the road. Biggest challenge by far, biggest stakes by far. Whether that that goes for both uh, Europe and and domestically. So this this is this yeah. is the biggest match of the season for both clubs so far. Do you see? Mm-hmm. Uh, we were you were talking earlier today about Barca's injuries. Yeah, are they just problems, too wounded man. to be able to mount something here, or I, mean, I don't really know if it, if it matters where they play. This is such a heated rivalry, but you know, absolutely. where do you what what do you what? How do you see this match playing out in terms of you know Barca's availability of their some of their star players, and also do you think that this is the club that will be able to sort of silence Jude Bellingham and 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 this and this is the match where he's not in the right place at the right time at the last minute to be able to do yes. something if it really counts. Like how do you see this playing yeah. out? God, Jude's been nothing but Johnny on the spot. Um Barcelona's just so hurt, man. I, I mean like you said, it doesn't kinda it, it really with it's such a big rivalry, I mean you can kind of throw throw out where they play. I mean they could play on the moon and it's just you're gonna it's, it doesn't matter. Um, Barcelona, even today, had a difficult time with Shakhtar. I, I mean, their their front front three is just so diminished. I mean, even today, Jao Felix got hurt. I mean, you're talking about relying on, you know, the likes of of Torres, Yamal, the the 16 year old, the La Masia product. Uh, um. I just it's going to be hard for them to to compete whenever Real Madrid is is almost up to full strength themselves. I mean, Valverde, all the guys are there. 
Um, definitely really excited about the match. I mean, this is this is royalty when it comes to rivalries, man. I mean, even as an American, this is a, something that's big. When you hear about rivalries, you know, you know, Ohio State, Michigan, uh, you know, Clemson, South Carolina. Uh, laugh out loud, you know, Barcelona, Real Madrid, man. Um, I I can't see them really holding on too much. I think. It, it'll it'll probably lean a little bit towards Real Madrid just because of the injury problems and the issues they have up front. But it, I mean, I I could be wrong. I, I just there's no way I would trust in Barcelona in this El Clasico this go round, man. I mean, looking at the injury list is just ridiculous. How how are you going to score against a good back line? You know, Rudiger's playing lights out right now. Uh, everybody's playing good for Real, and and I don't know who's going to be able to 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 get the goals for Barca. You know, yeah, you you just did for the record didn't compare the, the El Clasico to uh, Clemson South Carolina college football rivalry, did you? I absolutely threw that LOL in there, man. Okay. I got okay. All right, all right. I may have missed the LOL. Okay, all right, all right. Um, yeah, bet. I mean, I'll I'll, I'll give you uh, Michigan Ohio State. Yes. Um, yeah. Anywho. Um, so yeah, I mean, th- to, to me, if Barca's fully healthy, uh, they can mount a challenge here. Obviously Lewandowski is yeah. not the same Lewandowski that he was three, four years ago, but he's out. So there's that. Yeah. And, you know, Barca is, um, I just don't think there's deep. They're not as deep as Real Madrid. Real Madrid have you look up and down the roster and it's just like a who's who of football. Um, yeah. my, my prediction, I thought it would take Bellingham a lot longer to get going than it has. He's, he's really proven me completely wrong and he's surpassed every expectation that I had from this season, which I didn't really have, you know, being on the bench for Dortmund's last match when they had the title at stake in Germany yeah. and not even starting uh, that, I mean, you know, I was like, well, you know, Real Madrid's getting you know a guy that you can't depend on, apparently. Yeah. And then, yeah, that was my it, just well, it just it just it just shows Dortmund's stupidity, is what it yeah. does. It, it's all it does. Absolutely. Uh, you know, how, how, why you're you're this guy? I, I've heard um, I've heard some some other I've heard some people say right now that Jude Bellingham is quite possibly the best player on the on 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 the uh, planet so far this season, uh, in terms of of his perform overall performance and and there's definitely an argument to be made for that. And, and back in May when the title was on the line, he was sitting on the bench for Dortmund against, against, yeah. you know, Cologne, uh, sorry, uh, uh mine, sorry against mines. Yeah. Um, so you just, you know, Real Madrid has been able to replace the goals that they said they weren't going to be able to replace when, um, Benzema left ben- and mm-hmm. they, there's, there's essentially, been no drop off. In fact, they're stronger now than they were last season. Would would you agree? Yeah, yeah, absolutely, man. I mean, Jude nine matches, eight goals. I mean, the guy's just absolutely tearing it up, and and he's in the right spots at the right time. And and him performing like this has done nothing but help. You know, uh, El El Blanco, their their followers to see that Benzema going to Saudi was was fine, man. Adding Jude just covered his. His goals, you know. 
Yeah, and and I mean that's that that that's been that's been sort of the you know the big surprise is that Jude Bellingham is the one that's kind of replacing the goals left behind by Benzema. You know that's that was those were huge shoes to fill. But then let's yeah. talk about the wild card, right? Because this is the guy that can absolutely murder you down the wings, and that is Vinicius Junior. Yeah. And I don't know that there is a fullback, center back. I mean, Liverpool damn sure tried. And they were at their best two years ago in that Champions League final in terms yeah. of, you know, being those players in the prime. You know, he completely exposed Trent Alexander Arnold on the wing. Duh, I mean, yeah. this is a guy that can, uh, you know, Jude Bellingham being in the right place in the right time is one thing, but Vinicius Jr. only needs. 10 seconds to just wreck you. Oh, is there, dude, absolutely. Is there, is there anyone for Barca you see that can like slow, slow him down? I don't man. And, and, and Kunde, the, the defend, the one defender who they might, you know, rely on keeping that back line tight is hurt. You know, he's another guy. I talked about the front line guys hurt, but you know, the Frenchman is also hurt for Barca. So th- that's a good question, man. Who, Who's going to be able to to battle with Vinicius? And and the the list is short, man. I mean, the guy the guy puts anybody on skates, dude. I mean, just him with the ball on that wing on that side, it's 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 hard to stop. I mean, him and um, the goalie for Madrid in that Champions League final were just absolutely lights out. I mean, watching that. Watching Courtois save everything, holy cow! I mean, as as someone who doesn't didn't necessarily like Real Madrid in that match, I just it just hurt to see, man. I do, I do it, like, it I do like um, this sort of reinvented this, you know, post uh, what do I want to call it? Post Suarez, Neymar, Messi, Barcelona. I do like you know the fact yeah. that Ilke Gundogan's playing there. You have two national, German national team players here, Mark Mark Andre Stegen's in goal, Gundogan obviously. Yeah coming off of the uh, Champions League last season with City. He's he's fresh in the Barcelona side. Ferran Torres is is good. I like, you know, Javi, Romeu, Uchoal Cancelo down the he's, you know, in uh, that right back position. So I think he would be matching up with our friend Vinicius Jr. Is that correct, I believe? Yeah. 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 Uh, um, yeah. yeah. Good luck to him for that well on that one. Uh, Andres Christensen. Eh. He's a you know he's he's yeah. Chelsea guy also Bundesliga guy and uh, but yeah I think um, you know what what they've done they've had a nice little sort of rebuild here in Barcelona yeah I just don't know and they just squeaked by um, uh, Athletic Bilbao last week uh, 80th yeah. minute got a one nil winner to me yeah. Real Madrid as I said. What is what is the biggest thing about them is they have so much depth. Now they had in, in the league last week they drew with Sevilla one one. That was a, a a pretty exciting match. But they yeah. you know they play it's this this four one two one two. Sorry four one yeah four four one two one two. And they have Rodrigo and Vinicius Junior. Like I said up front and and Junior Vinicius can just destroy you down the wing. Bellingham's sitting in there in that attacking midfield position, which he does so well. And then you have Tony Kroos on the outside. Uh, Chumani is all, uh, uh, inside number is number six, a holding midfielder. 
And then yeah. Carvajal, Rudiger, Alaba, and Mendy. And, you know, Alaba and Rudiger obviously uh, both play huge roles for their national teams as well. So, I mean, and then you look at the bench. I mean, you know, you it's like, you know, a, a who's who of, of, of football just sitting on their bench. So it's, it's kind of like, you know, a Lewandowski injury can really hurt Barcelona a lot more than if you took one of the uh, the attacking players out for Real Madrid. They have Absolutely. so many players they can just replace them with. You know, it's yep. hard to replace a, a Lewandowski. Byron, Byron found that out because they had to go get Harry Kane to replace him. Okay, right? Yeah. Absolutely. But, but yeah. Madrid tactically is in good hands and oh, they're yeah. letting obviously Carlos letting them play and then yeah Rodrigo Bellingham and Vinicius Jr are scary front three the likes of which you could compare to Firmino, Mane and Salah yeah oh yeah yeah did definitely man the quickness the the striking accuracy all that man it's all there you cross that ball into them and you were going to get yourself a a goal. I mean, yeah, I, I bring up the Athletic match when they Real Madrid lost three to one. I, I just that gives me a little bit of hope for Barca, but just just with the injuries, man, uh, and, and the way they they play, it, it's just going to be hard for them. You know, I I almost forgot about that that Athletic uh, result, but I mean, they were totally they they started all their guys and Athletic played them off the pitch, man. And, and sure, it was another away match for Real, but this is El Clasico, so I gotta kind of forget about that and uh, remember these injuries and and just see how how this how they all line up against each other. But like you said, uh, you take one of those guys out of Real, they're gonna plug somebody in Josselu, somebody, and change around that formation. Carlos just too smart. I mean, Ancelotti's one of the best managers on this, on this planet we live on, you know? So uh, someone like Barca losing uh, Robert, I feel like is, like you said, a little bit bigger than Real losing somebody. It's just hard to replace that guy. I mean, Harry Clausé had to come from Tottenham to save Bayern Munich because Robert was so hard to replace. I mean, that says a lot right there. Right. Well, the match is in Barcelona, so I said I, I don't really think it really matters where they um, where, where where they they play uh, in terms of this rivalry. It's it, it's so intense; either team can really beat each other, no matter where they play. But for yeah. better or for worse, or for whoever cares, it is a, a home match for Barcelona. Barcelona. And uh-huh. I, you know, if I have to go and predict here. I am going to predict a 2-1 victory for Real Madrid. I think that uh, scoring will be Bellingham and Vinicius Jr., the two players that I talked about. And yeah, I think that's I think I think Barcelona gets one more back in, but um, it's not going to be enough. What do you think? No, two-one, two-one's a good good score line. I'm gonna. I'm going to be a uh, party pooper. I'm going to say 1-1, man, and I'm going to go with a draw. I'm going to go with the, the under 2.5 here and say that that uh, it's going to be a close one. Real Madrid's going to score first. Barca will get a funny penalty call, let's say, in the 80th or so minute, and uh, whomever gets to take it will make it. 
and uh, we'll see the match in one one, man, and 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 get a get a real stinker. So here's here. the funny part about that: if Real Madrid and Barcelona draw and Girona wins, Girona go top of the table in Spain. Oh, let's cheer for the draw, dude! How, how crazy would that be if you saw this th- at this point in the season, almost in November, Girona? Would be they so they play um well they play Celta Vigo tomorrow yeah so is that their that is their match on, the for the week yeah they play yeah well we say to, yeah it's it is officially Thursday right so Friday at three o'clock so if they win that match and then the next day Barca and Real draw they're top of the table yeah that's exactly right. So I mean, yeah. that would be that. That's kind of some Stuttgart, Monaco crap right there. With yeah. you, you know, with Girona, yeah. uh, when we just focused on them last week, had a nice little conversation about them. So they could actually be top Absolutely. of the table, you know, after what eleven match days in Spain, which is almost a third yeah. of the season. That's unheard of. I mean, third of the season. Atletico, you expect, big. or maybe even you know, if Sevilla's having a good run one year, or, you know, back in the old day, it used to be Valencia, but you know, it's I mean that. For Girona to be possibly looking down on Real Madrid and Barcelona after 11 match days, that is uh, – and I will say this too. Massive. Atletico Madrid has 22 points, but they also have a, a game in hand on everyone. Yeah. So because so, uh, they had they, their match with Sevilla suspended, I believe, a couple of weeks ago or postponed. Yeah. So um, yeah. if they had that win, if they beat Sevilla, say they would be on 25 points. They'd be right there – with, so they would also be gunning for the top of the table is my point in this. Uh, yeah, no, no. So it's close in Spain, Nick. It's not It's not as uh, yeah. much of a runaway as it has been in the past few years. No, man, I'm telling you, we, uh, we, we started this at the right time, the right year, because if you look at each league, I mean, we actually have close races in all of the, all the big leagues – you can say we are all within, you know, two, three, four points, all close. I mean, uh, to to get that is just miraculous, saying the least, because of how you know Bayern and PSG have uh, ran those leagues. So to for this to be happening, man, we we got us a lot to cover, and I, I absolutely love it. I mean, this is all I asked for, man. This is what I asked for. Christmas, let's have all five leagues close and let's not see a blowout and let's let's make football interesting this year, man. Well, it seems as if though the football gods may have answered your request because you yeah, man. you, you <laughs> might you might just get that. We're Christmas is still two months off, so there's still a lot of time for Bayern to reel off eight straight wins or something like that. And there's still yeah. a lot of time for Leverkusen to completely put their heads in the sand. And that's true. Byron to have it locked up by Christmas, but something without, you know, I, I hope I don't come back in two months and we're on a podcast at Christmas and drinking our eggnog and everything. And you're like, well, pretty, you, you, you said it right. You know, it's almost like, you know, knock on wood. You didn't knock on wood and Leverkusen lose four out of their next eight and Byron wins eight on the, on the balance. And then it's, you know, it's over. It's, it's, yeah. it's at that point, it's 10 point Byron lead at Christmas and, Happy Thanksgiving, Merry Christmas. We'll see you same 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 year, uh, different year, same same results. So uh, I yeah, hope you're right. I hope that they all stay close, and I hope that we have um, at least two or three of them. I know that at some point there's going to be some separation, but at least two 
two or three of the big five, I hope, go down to the wire in May. Yeah, man, that's that's all I ask. I mean, you give me all five, holy cow, I, I will just, I'll bow down to the gods. You give me two or three, I'll be happy. So we'll we'll see, man. They keep this up, all these teams, teams like Stugart, teams like Tottenham, teams like Girona. I mean, we're going to see battles till the end, man. Are there any other matches that stand out to you this week that you want to give a quick shout out to or for someone to watch or, or, or pay attention see, to? We do, we do have the, uh, I want to say to all my South American fans out there, we do have the equivalent to the Europa League. We have the Copa Sudamerica final with Fortezelia. Uh, out of Brazil and LDU Quito out of Ecuador, our our guy Paulo Guerrero, the Peruvian World Cup guy who I got to see get suspended for cocaine usage and then get brought back in because he said his tee was spiked and he played in the Russian World Cup. He's starting for LDU against uh, Fortezelia out of Brazil. So. Keep your eye on the Copa Sudamerica final. That's the equivalent to the Europa League. I want to say if you're a football fan, that'll be a great match to watch. Um, Fortezella is uh, just a slight favorite, so it should be pretty entertaining. I mean, uh, it, it's just um, something fun, something something to watch. They're playing in Uruguay, so so just something else to keep your eye on on Saturday, 4 o'clock Eastern. Other than that, man, we're just uh, – European games and and uh, watching these tables. Yeah, it looks like in England this is literally it. I mean, it's it's going to be the City United match, and then it's I mean everything else is. I mean, wow, Arsenal's playing Sheffield, Liverpool's playing Forest, yeah, Luton's playing Aston Villa. I mean, this is basically like the only the match. only interesting <laughs> match is the one that's at the bottom, which is Burnley and Bournemouth. I mean, that's uh, truly. I mean, yeah, uh, yeah this it's so I'm just I'm looking around. And I'm just seeing, like, you know, obviously that's why we picked these two, these two matches to talk about was because um, yeah. those are the two big ones. Good matches, yeah, big big ones, and and all eyes will definitely on Saturday on on El Clasico and Sunday on uh, on United. And if you want something to watch after the Clasico, you got the uh, the South American Europa League final at uh, four p.m. Oh, wow. So yeah, Byron, we got Byron we got played Darmstadt. Oh wow. I saw that. So Leverkusen's yeah, have, to, was, have to beat Freiburg, and Stuttgart's going to have to beat Hoffenheim. And then you have, I mean, the biggest match in Germany this weekend, arguably, is uh, Frankfurt and Dortmund. Yeah, I saw that. That or the Hoffenheim and Stuttgart. Yeah, we did talk. We did talk. We talked about the fact that Monaco's playing Lille, so that's going to be one to watch. And That's uh, another, yeah. Yeah, I mean, other than that, you know, we take a look at Italy real quick. If you go down there, uh, obviously the big one last week was Milan and Juve. Napoli and Milan, that's the big one this weekend. You have Inter and Roma. So, yeah, you mentioned this yeah, earlier today, the fact that Inter and Roma, you know, Roma's, what are they, eighth, I think seventh or eighth. I think um, they've lost three times yeah, this year, but, there. you know, they've, they're, they're starting to come around a little bit. Inter, uh, it's a tricky fixture. I mean, you know, um, I believe it's in Rome. I think it is. Yeah, it's at the, uh, no, it's, it's in the San Siro. Excuse yeah. me. So, oh, it yeah, is. So, Inter Inter's being given a sixty percent chance to win this match, and only Roma's only yeah. getting seventeen percent. So, and yeah. then, um, yeah, Milan and Napoli. That's going to be huge. That's 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 very big because if Napoli beat Milan, then 
Milan risks uh, falling a little bit behind there with Juventus and Inter, especially if both of them win. Then you got, um, actually, yeah, Napoli, if they beat Milan, they have a chance to pull within one point of them. So this is big. Yeah. This is a very big match. This is uh, uh, two uh, the last two Italian champions, uh, both in the Champions League, and defending champions Napoli started off a little bit off the pace, but uh, coming back to form now, this would be a huge statement win for them if they could get the three points. Yeah, three points. Three points helps their case for, for title run, so definitely. Yeah, so we, we got a few matches, just quiet in England and Germany, really. Everywhere else, we got a few. So. All right, well, we know we'll be watching um, this weekend. We've gone almost two hours. We've done a great uh, little show here to wrap up the the uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Europa League is, is today, actually. Uh, I meant Champions yep. League. So we'll have to talk Europa League next week. But, uh, yeah, we got some um, not a whole lot of big matchups, but the big matchups we do have, they're very big. And so but El Clasico, sure. we watching a little bit of uh, Manchester Derby. And uh, yeah, of course, I'm going to be watching Liverpool beat up on some uh, some some cellar dwellers. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> at least I hope so. Close out. Yeah, yeah, they should. All right, my friend. Well, you ready to turn the lights out? Absolutely, All right, man. man. Well, we, we this has been uh, this has been another another very 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 great week of football, and we will see all of you and thank all of you. Well, we'll see you next week. We thank all of you right now in the current and the present. So thanks very much, and uh, we'll talk to you later. Nick, take care, my friend. See you, love.